This is Hard Parking brought to you by Right Honda and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, a man buys $50,000 worth of gas. Good Samaritan. Ford recalls over 600,000 SUVs. And I'm trying to redo my, my home office. So let's start off with this. I think I strained whatever the lightest version of strain is, my MCL. So I'm changing out my ceiling fan. First off, I have a new ceiling fan in the office. The ceiling fan looks great. Of course, I take the old one down and we decide we're going to donate it. But then my wife says, well, maybe your mother, my mother wants it in her room. My mother is in her mom across the hall from me. So I'm up on standing on her bed because the ceiling fan goes over the bed, taking off the old ceiling fan. I have the light switch turned off. I take all the wire nuts and everything. Again, I just did my own, so it's all good, right? So I'm pulling off, I have to loosen up one screw, and I'm, I'm pulling the, like a little metal piece down. So I got the main part of the fan already off. It's just that bracket that a lot of fans use. So I'm taking the bracket off, and all of a sudden this thing like explodes in my hands, like pop, 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 sparks fly everywhere. I'm like, oh shit. So I kind of lose my balance standing on the bed, but I catch myself. I don't fall, but obviously the first thing you're doing is like, holy shit. Sparks fly everywhere, and I'm freaking out. But, you know, I get my hands off of that, get the bracket off, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. I guess the circuit is still hot. Now, I know electrician 101, uh, handyman 101, always disconnect the breaker. There's a lot of us who don't do that. I usually always do that. And just coming from my own bedroom, turning off, well, not my bedroom, but coming from my own office, killing the breaker, not having that kind of issue, the wires just didn't touch. I just wasn't paying enough attention, I guess. But through my own ignorance, I almost fucking killed myself. So I take a, I have a couple of wing nuts. And so I stick those on there because we don't have, we decided that we're not going to use the fan. We're just going to buy new ones. So I'm like, okay, my mother-in-law is not tall enough to touch these, nor would she ever. She'd be scared shitless. But just to keep it safe, let me go ahead and put these, uh, the wing nuts on there or the wire nut on there. So we need to order her a new ceiling fan with a light, of course. But um, like five minutes after that, I, my knee was kind of like, I was like, man, my knee, I must have tweaked my knee. Like when shit like that happens, you just react. I wish I had that on video. It probably looks funny as hell. But uh, now now my MCL area is sore and I've kind of been limping around all day. My wife's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it kind of hurts. It hurts to the touch. And uh, I did a little bit of research, and I probably mildly sprained it. I'll be fine, but I almost killed myself. So speaking of ceiling fans, I really wanted to upgrade the look in my home studio. I've talked about this before. I have a new desk coming. I'm going to rearrange stuff on the wall. But the fan that I had before, it's your, your standard. It was probably almost three feet from, from fan blade to fan blade, white. This one's much smaller. It's less than two feet in circumference. It's got a LED ring around the outside of it, which you can control with an app, a remote controller as well, put an app on your phone, different color temperatures, but the fan blades are inside of that ring to where you can't actually reach up and accidentally touch. I mean, you could touch it right in the middle, but with some of the stuff I want to redo to this office, it, it felt best for me to kind of bring that circumference in a little bit so that it gave me more room to move stuff around like tension rods and things like that that I plan on having all over. Like I said, I'm going to try to turn this into a legit studio. But yeah, I almost killed myself. 
Also got a few other things that we're going to be working on, including the garage floor. I'll tell you about that when we get right back from this message from Foil Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4 Online, the number 4 Wheel Online. So, you know, as I wrap up the end of this year, hopefully, you know, companies like Four Wheel Online will continue to stay with us. I'd really enjoy doing those commercials. But I'm sitting here and I'm sipping on some old Forrester, some Statesman. So one of my favorite movies is The Kingsman. The Kingsman uh, was the first one, The Kingsman. The second one, I think, was The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And then the last one was The Kingsman. But The Statesman... So a little bit of trivia for you guys, if you don't know, with this old Forrester Statesman. So Statesman was is the American version of the Kingsman. The Kingsman is kind of like, not really James Bondy, but something kind of like that. Super cool. All the gadgets over in London. I think it was London. Is it London? Anyway, it's this super secret society of badasses that kind of stopped the world from, from ending. And you never know because the Kingsmen are coming to the rescue. But in the second movie, The Statesman is the Americanized version. And Old Forrester, I forgot the name of the actual distillery. Maybe it was called Statesman Distillery in the movie. But Old Forrester made The Statesman bourbon, and it was released for the movie. So it didn't exist before The Second Kingsman came out. But now you can buy it. I love it. It's uh, it's 95 proof. Wes Tangersley bought it for me. It's one of the bottles of booze that he would send me in payment. That's the payment arrangement that I have with him is you buy me booze and I'll edit your podcast, edit your video. So enjoying this, this, this statesman. So getting back to the house, the garage floor. So we've, we've done all this remodeling on the entire house. I've talked about that before, but I want to change my garage up. So we had someone out here just before Thanksgiving. First off, speaking of Thanksgiving, hopefully, hopefully you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, mine was crazy. We had some family in town, but we, between all the dogs in the house and the kids running around screaming and me just, I was kind of crabby during Thanksgiving. Some weird family dynamics going on. But it looks like my, my wife and her sister are on speaking terms now, which is great. It's like the first time in a few years. Getting back to the garage, we have epoxy. When we bought the house, it was already down, but it's like this brown tan epoxy. And so if you're into the sandy colors, that's kind of the Southwest thing. The house was tanned, all this cream, tan, everything. But the garage now is the only thing that's brown. It's like a tannish brown color, almost like a cardboard, like a light cardboard color. Get a little stained up and stuff like that. It's not terrible, but I just want to have a new garage floor since I'm not going to get the driveway apron that my wife said we could get until I signed all the the loan papers to refi the house to do more home improvement because we got in this big thing last time, and I said, hey, we're not doing anything else until I get my driveway apron. And the apron is basically what it's called, the driveway approach, the driveway apron. is the first thing your vehicle hits when it pulls into the driveway. So in the rest of the United States, it's your kind of, I call it traditional approach, where it's kind of like a, 
not quite a 45 degree angle, but it comes smooth off the road. Here in the Southwest, our drainage system sucks. So we don't have like a sewer system per se. Like you don't just see random drains on the side of the road like you would in say Texas, right? So we have these, these rolled, they're called rolled curbs. And so they're almost like a regular curb, but they're not quite as steep. But if you have a lower vehicle, you're going to hit. Even if you don't have a rolled curb, when you look to get in a gas station, especially in California, that's why I hate driving in L.A., a lot of the gas stations in California and L.A. area and even San Diego, they have these super steep ramps. And it's designed so the water can kind of flow out and go onto the road. But it tears the shit out of the bottom of your car, your front bumper. And you don't even have to have a slam car. You just have like a, just a normal sports car is going to hit in a lot of those places. So we get this big thing here because, you know, the NSX $200,000 car at the end of the day after tax time and license. It's already worth a lot more now than it was when we bought it. So, you know, don't need to I mean, destroy it. I destroyed the last one. This one is it's like seven grand to fix the lip. So anyway, I said, we're not doing anything else until I get my driveway. Okay, you're right. Okay. But of course, I signed the paperwork for for all the extra money and went, I don't want to spend that kind of money on it. So I'm like, fuck. So anyway, long story short, trying to get the garage done. Just bought a big tool cabinet and everything else. We had someone out here and the stuff is called polyurea, which sounds like a, like an infection, like a, some sort of a UTI infection. Anyway, so this guy comes out and he gives us this quote and it's a special Black Friday deal, of course. Because here's the thing. If someone comes to your house to give you a quote on something and they give you this long spill, make you watch a video, you already know it's going to be expensive. We have expensive windows. We redid the downstairs and upstairs windows in the last nine years. We didn't do Anderson by Renewal, but we did another thing called Cursiva, which is also very expensive. We probably have $40,000 worth of windows in the house now over the span of like five or six years. So I knew it was going to be expensive, but this guy gives us a quote. It's like six grand. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. And I told him, I said, look, so... You're our first quote, so we're not going to automatically go with you because we have no idea, but we'll, we'll talk to you later. We'll get back in contact with you like after the holiday. And so I have another guy coming out uh, this week, but I started looking at race deck. Race deck seems like a more economical approach. Uh, I don't want to do the epoxy again. You can obviously, you can epoxy on top of epoxy, but we have so much shit in the garage Plus, I don't want to have to take the car out of the garage and leave it out of the garage. That's the downfall of epoxy. It has to be the right temperature outside, and you have to wait a few days, almost a week before you can actually put your vehicle back in with this polyurea. Once they put the application down, you can start putting stuff back in the garage almost immediately. Like Within, within a day, the guy told us with cars, you can wait maybe two or three days would be best. So we'll see how it goes. But really, at the end of the day, we're looking at Anywhere between six thousand and maybe twenty five hundred. Obviously, twenty five hundred is the best approach. That's with the race deck. I haven't got an official quote. I've just been playing with their online configurator, and that's about what what it looks like it would probably cost us. So another thing is I'm so I'm watching all these videos. This goes back to to improving the home studio. So I'm watching all these videos. I'm watching Think Media, and I've just become kind of obsessed with that. That in Jordan videos, like. I like watching reaction videos. I think I've talked about this before. So there's one where it's like this X Green Beret um, and another guy, and they review war movies. And it's, I first started watching it, I think it's called FNG. 
And the guy kind of annoyed me, but then I kept watching it, and he's actually really funny. And he's smart as hell. He's, like, super insightful. He gives you all this, like, this is what we did when we were deployed, and this is fucked up. And I double-tapped this guy, and the guy stood up and kept walking. And I was like, what the hell? And I shot him, like, six more times before he died. So it's kind of cool to hear those stories. But I also watch um, the Jordan mixtape reaction because I always – for me, Michael Jordan's always going to be the GOAT. And I like watching other people experience things like that for the first time and hearing what they have to say. Anywhere from old people to these young kids who think they know everything, like, oh, LeBron's the best ever. But um, so I've been hooked on those. But anyway, so Think Media, I've been watching them and they told me to get this camera. This is the best starting, this Sony uh, EV110, EV110, something like that. That's what I have right now. That's what I'm practicing this on is the Sony EV-110. I think I'm saying it wrong, but you guys can figure it out. But they kept telling you the best lens to get is the Sigma, the Sigma 1.4 16mm. Sigma, 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 Sigma. And I'm looking online. I'm like, what's a what's a substitute? Because this is like a $400 lens. I'm, I've decided I want to start recording this and turn it into what's the new term video podcast, but this thing's like a $400 lens. So I'm like, shit. So I pulled the trigger, bought it after I bought the camera, and the no no bullshit. The day after I get it, I flip on Thinkmania, and they say, Sigma versus the Sony 16-millimeter lens, which is better, $400 or $100? I'm like, $100? I just spent $400 on this freaking lens, and you're telling me that for what I need, the $100 one is probably fine? Like, you can't tell the difference? So I watch this video, and sure, shit, I mean, the... The Sigma one that I'm using right now is better, but the Sony brand one is pretty good. And for someone who's just going to be doing this, what they call talking head video, which is what this is right now, just random in studio point and shoot stuff. The Sony 16 millimeter is more than fine. I didn't need to spend $400 on this Sigma one. I'm glad I, I mean, I'm glad I have it. It'll be an equipment purchase, which will only help come tax season, which is right around the corner. But when I get another Sony camera, same model, then I'm going to buy the Sony 16mm lens. So let's get into some card news. So Michelin built a, this is according to the drive. This is is from the vault. So I don't know how old this is. When I hear the vault, I think it's old. Yeah. So I don't know if this is an old story because it says the vault. When I hear the vault, I think of something kind of like a flashback. But according to this vault, Michelin built a freakish 10-wheeled Citroen. I don't know if I'm saying that right. To test the truck tires at 110 mile an hour. This is the Trojan horse of the car world. So this thing weighs a few tons. It kind of looks like the Oscar Mayer mobile. Sort of. Maybe it's just the color. This thing is hideous. This multi-wheeled monster would spend its days testing truck tires at Michelin's test track in Ladoy. Ladox, L-A-D-O-U-X, Ladoy, Ladoux, 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 in Clermont-Ferrand, France. The idea was that Michelin could place a large commercial tire on the center of the 10.5-ton PLR and bring it up to 111 mile an hour without worrying about a blowout causing the vehicle to lose control. But tipping the scales at 21,000 pounds, oh, there we go, the Wienermobile-esque contraption needed two GM-sourced Corvette engines to get going. Oh, so no wonder I said it looked like the Oscar Mayer mobile. It's very wiener-ish. This thing is ugly. If you want to see it, go to The Drive on Instagram. Very famous page. This thing is dumb. 
So Ford Recall, Ford Motor Company is recalling over 634,000 SUVs worldwide because of a cracked fuel injector that can spill fuel or leak vapors onto a hot engine and cause fires. The recall covers Bronco Sport and Escape SUVs from 2020 to 2023 model years. All have the 1.5-liter three-cylinder engines. So apparently it's just the Bronco Sport and the Ford Escape SUVs. Ford has received over 20 reports of fires, including three that ignited nearby structures. Good God. The company said it also has four claims of fires that were noticed less than five minutes after the engines were turned off. Ford also has injury claims not involving burns and 43 legal claims attributed to the problem. Repairs information isn't available yet, but so owners can take their SUVs to the dealer and get a free loaner or they can get a pickup and delivery. Dealers will inspect the injectors and replace them if necessary. So they plug the vehicle up and it probably to their OBD2 or whatever they're at now. And it reads and says, eh, 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 this one needs to be replaced. Ford also says it's extended warranties to cover cracked fuel injectors for up to 15 years. Not good press, but recalling 634,000 vehicles doesn't mean that there's something wrong with 634,000 vehicles. It just means during that time frame that these vehicles were made, you might as well bring them all in. I would say that, you know, 20 fires, including a handful that are setting nearby structures on fire, is definitely something to take a look at. So they really have no choice but to recall all these vehicles. You don't want to get sued. Nobody wants to get burnt up. Ford said it's not replacing the injectors because the failure rate that causes leaks is a low estimated 0.38 of a percent for 2020 models and 0.22 for 2001 and 22 models. The rate is 15 years or 150,000 miles, right? So it'd be very expensive if they went through and replaced the injectors to all 634,000 vehicles. It wouldn't make sense. Plug them into the computer. The computer tells you if it's no good, then you replace it. Reminds me a lot without the explosiveness of the first gen NSX in 91 and 92, the first gen NSX for a couple of years, they had what's called a potential snap ring issue. Honda got cheap and used a cheap piece of plastic and in a certain range of transmissions. And so what happens is it's called a snap ring. That ring would snap and your transmission would, you know, kind of blow up. And it was like a five or $6,000 repair, which is a lot for a 91, 92 vehicle back in the nineties. But it doesn't affect all vehicles. It only affects NSXs potentially between this transmission number production and this transmission number production. So it's kind of the same deal. You could take your car in, but the difference is Acura at the time would just replace the snap ring for free. And if you had a snap ring failure within whatever the warranty was, they would obviously take care of that as well. It's kind of a courtesy. I had a buddy who... uh, his snap ring failed in his NSX, and he just let it sit for years. In fact, it was the guy, the second guy, his name is Vic. He was the second guy who ever let me just drive an NSX. So I'll never forget Vic. A Boston man donates $50,000 in free gas for the holidays, according to CNN, Thursday, November 24th. A Massachusetts businessman once again gave away $50,000 worth of free gas. Ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday, Ernie Bach, Junior gave away the gas outside of a station in Norwood Wednesday, just southeast of Boston, southwest of Boston. I apologize. He said he did it because he believes in giving back, and that's a lot of fun. A number of people said the the free gas is a big help. Well, no shit. Of course the free gas is a big help. Bach sponsored a similar giveaway in April when hundreds of motorists lined up for free gas. So consider that when I say in March... Gas theft video, remote used to steal $50,000 in fuel. Mr. Bach, 
I would like to ask you a few questions. So this one was in Colorado. Managers at a Colorado convenience store said they were the target of fuel thieves, and they have the incident on video. It happened on March 14th at a T-Square convenience store in Aurora, Colorado. The store manager said that 2,000 gallons of gasoline and 3,000 gallons of diesel were stolen among amounting to $50,000 worth of fuel. The video shows what appears to be a truck, a moving truck, arriving at the Exxon station. The store manager explained that the people in the video were able to pump the fuel without being charged using a remote. I thought it had just come out of the ground, but it didn't. They just pumped it right out of the pumps because they set up a remote control, said the store manager, adding that the thieves were at the station for a few hours. She added that these have to have some knowledge of the gas pumps and know how to override its operating system and change settings on its computer. Well, no shit. That they just pulled up in a in a home link and hit the button. All of a sudden, the gas started pouring out. So, like, what do we do? Well, let's stick it in these giant trucks and let's just get as much gas as we can. Next star is WGHP. I don't know what that is. Recently reported, thieves have stolen thousands of gallons of gas and similar crimes around the globe in recent years. In 2018, researchers at Kaspersky Lab, a software, I remember Kaspersky. If you guys have Kaspersky, Kaspersky, it was like. Uh, antivirus and for a while it was like the best I think it was free anyway researchers at Kaspersky Lab Kaspersky Lab a software company that provides the firewall you may employ to protect your PC found some gas pumps were vulnerable to take over by hijackers because there was an embedded controller in that gas pump that could be accessed by a skilled hacker to shut down pumping change prices or bypass payment amongst other things Oh, I'm so interested in this next one. Female nurses twice as likely to die by suicide as other women. That's another like link I'm not going to click on right now. But that is the car news. So for the second week in a row, I'm going to give you guys a Q&A. I complain about no one ever asking any questions, and so I got hit up with some questions. So I went through and added these to my Q&A document. Some of these I've answered before already. Some of these I think that I would like to use with other people. First off, I don't know, did I ever answer the Star Wars or Star Trek question? This question comes from, who asked this question? I think Jamie. Star Wars. That's easy. You know, my dad loves Star Trek, and I like the Star Trek movies. I've never seen a Star Trek movie I didn't like. I just never got into the show, like the old show, like the 60s one or whatever it is. But the newer movies were good. The older, the 80s and 90s movies I thought were good. But, I mean, no, I never fantasized about being Spock or Captain Kirk. I always wanted to be Luke Skywalker or shoot at stormtroopers and watch the, the lightsabers play. In fact, I used to play a game called Star Wars Galaxies, SWG, Sony Online. And it was like Lord of uh, uh, World of Warcraft and those type of games, which I don't even know if people even play those anymore. And I would just get immersed in that game. And that was when I first got married. My wife hated that game, hated me for it. Thought I was cheating on her with some people up to 4 o'clock in the morning from the other side of the world. And it's just like, dude, my wife didn't really know anything about video games. But to be fair, that game found me at the wrong time in life. Like, right now I could play that game until 6 in the morning and no one would care. But when you first get married, you're kind of expected to kind of, kind of come to bed at a normal time. So you don't want your wife walking down the steps and looking at you on the computer like, what the hell are you doing? Come to bed. Who is that? Who are you chatting with? Uh, it's a video game. 
That's almost like the steak, the Jake from State Farm thing. I, I think I just did a Jake from State Farm thing on accident. But that's what it was, man. Star Wars Galaxy, so Star Wars all day. Eric Manga, not Manga, Eric Manga. Why are most of the car people leaving the motorcycle scene? I'm sorry. Why are most of the car people leaving to go to the motorcycle scene? And I asked him, I said, do you have statistics to back that up? Or is that your personal, do you have statistics to back that up? Or is that your personal observation? He says, well, it's my personal observation, but, you know, I, some of my friends all bought motorcycles and I did too, LOL. I'm like, so my first thought is, okay, look, dude, we all, birds of a feather flock together. So if I'm younger and impressionable, I don't know how old Eric is, but if Yoshi buys a bike, Will buys a bike, Mike buys a bike, Eric buys a bike, Stefan buys a bike, I'm probably going to buy a bike. Probably. For a while, I wanted a Ruckus really bad and a Grom because that's what everybody was getting, and it seemed like it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I never made that purchase. So I think it's really whoever it is you roll with. Plus, I'm sure if I were to look it up really quick, one reason why people are leaving vehicles to go to motorcycles is because of the cost of gas. Right? The, the cost of gas, it's easier. You can get more bang for your buck in a motorcycle commuting back and forth to work than in a regular passenger vehicle. I bet you it's more of that than people just deciding they don't like cars. Plus, some people are adrenaline junkies, and they just want something that's faster. It gives them more of that, that pump. Alex Gamina, booster of this show, loves cars, but he has more. He repairs motorcycles, and he's damn good at it. He's got Ducatis. Get his ducks in a row. But I wouldn't say he left cars. He's I mistook him for not being a diehard car guy because he's never really had a cool car since I've known him. But he's always had badass bikes. But he knows just as much about cars as bikes. Probably more about bikes. But I don't know. Let's look this up real quick. So on Reddit, someone had asked the post, and this is Reddit. Reddit's a piece of shit place. Has anyone been converted from a car guy to a motorcycle guy? And this is June of 2019. One response says, lots of people. My experience is that it's pretty much the standard progression for people who didn't start out riding dirt bikes at a young age. The top answer is riding a bike is a totally different dimension than driving. I don't feel like going down this rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't see anything in here that I feel like clicking on. Next question. Austin Ramos. Ramos or Ramos? As cars become bigger and heavier, do you think the current U.S. toll and highway infrastructure can withstand the changes? Yes, Austin, that's a ridiculous question. His dad said, that's a good question. It isn't a good question. It is not a good question because cars can become bigger and heavier, but how much bigger and heavier do they need to get to put a strain on the actual roadway? The biggest question really is, how is the infrastructure going to handle all the charge stations? When you got states like California who says, hey, you can't use your electricity these three days of the week. You can't charge your car. You can't do this. You can't do that. How are they going to handle when everything is electric? That's the real question. The infrastructure itself can't withstand the changes. It's not ready. Do you think the current road and highway infrastructure can withstand the changes? No. Well, here's the deal. Maybe he's asking, are we ready to hook vehicles up? But the question first starts off with weight. And so I can only assume he's asking that if you have 42 Teslas in a, in a row, will the road collapse? Think about this. Trucks, diesels, 
truckers. If you've ever driven and spent any time on the highway between major city to major city, you'll know that there's a good time to be on the road and a terrible time to be on the road. Highway 8090 going east to west up around Michigan. So it goes from Chicago to Detroit, I think to Cleveland or something. You do not want to be on that road at the wrong time because it is miles of ass to, it is miles and miles of semi, fully loaded semis, and they just kill traffic. That's going to be heavier than any amount of EV vehicles that are a little heavier than their predecessors. We'll do one more. There's a lot of good questions there. Well, see, Alex, I feel like I have to answer Alex's question. If you were to own a classic American car, which one would you choose? That's tough. I love cars. That's the misconception about me. And another friend asked me, hey, you know, do you like anything else other than Hondas and Acuras? What would you pick if they weren't around? I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I like everything. I always said a 67 Camaro, which is an easy thing to say. I've always thought that car was badass. In fact, in all the video games, when you have to pick a classic car, you have to pick, okay, do you want the Camaro or the Mustang? I always take the Camaro. But with that being said, I've had this really big thing for, and it's a Camaro, but it's not the 67. I think it's like the, maybe the 70 or 71, 72, the split bumper Z28 Camaros. In fact, I did a, a, a thing for street side classics. It's not for them, but it was for our one less United Food Bank event. And I did a reel from street side classics location. And I said, this is what, this, this is my car, but that's what it was. It was split bumper Camaro and the thing was sick. And I just went to a car event this last weekend and there was a kind of an orangish yellow one with a giant engine where you close a hood and it's just sticking out like an old Hot Wheels. And that thing was probably my favorite vehicle there. So we'll go with the 67 to like 73 Camaro. That's all the questions I'm going to answer. There's more here as well. And when I get a next studio, when I get a studio guest, when I get an in-studio guest, we'll answer more of these questions. I just mentioned I went to an event. It was the Awatuki Help the Homeless, I think of what it's called, event. I've never been. Awatuki is a small community. Basically, you can call it South Tempe, East Chandler, not necessarily South Phoenix, but there's no, like, no one lives in Awatuki. Like, you say, hey, I live in Awatuki, but there's no Awatuki city. It's an area. But it was really cool. I, I haven't seen a collection of cars like that since I left Michigan, where you have hundreds of vehicles and you have anything from Ford GTs to modern to super cool classics. There was a, a couple of Ferraris there. You had my NSX there. There's just everything. A lot of people, good cause. Speaking of good causes, people, it's so easy. If you have, like, look, you don't have to have a lot of money, but any money you donate to any charity, like a 5013C, I think I said that right. It comes with a donation receipt. It's like taking your shit to Goodwill and they give you that slip of paper. The difference is at Goodwill, you you can only claim so much stuff that you give away. You could take this, you can do the itemized or the standard deduction. You just have to have the receipts just in case you get audited by these like 100,000 new IRS agents. But when it comes to donating money to a 5013C, you can donate up to 60% of your salary. Now, I don't recommend that. I wouldn't do it. But what the point that I'm getting to is 
come tax time, you're going to want those line items. You're going to want something to say, hey, how much should I donate? Okay, I owe $8,000 to the IRS. Okay, here's six, $7,000 of stuff that I've donated. Okay, now I owe, because it's not one for one. But if it's like, hey, I used to owe 8000 now I owe 2000 I think you'll take the 2000 right? You'll take it. Or I owe nothing. Or I'm actually getting money back. So if you get an opportunity to donate to anything, whether it's a food drive, anything, as long as it's not a GoFundMe, because you, you can't get that. You can't write that off. Any charity, get a donation receipt, keep it, and come tax time, claim it. And you help people out at the same time. That's the thing. Fuel Fest is coming up, coming up. Uh, <clears throat> Fuel Fest is coming up, coming up December 10th. I have not got a hold of Cody. I have not tried that hard. I sent him a text message earlier. No response. I swear he has six phones. I'm on his probably third or fourth phone. Sometimes he does actually text me back, which is super cool. But I would love to get him in studio. I've been talking about it for a long time. It hasn't happened yet. I know he lives right around here somewhere. If anything, get a get a sound bite from him. So we'll see if we can make that happen before December 10th. Otherwise, I'll be there. I will not be setting up a booth like I did last year with Wright Honda and Wright Toyota. I did not like how that went down. I felt like I had to work. Like I had the so we had the podcast set up and it was really fun and we did some really cool interviews. And I know a lot of the feedback people love that, but I had I felt like I couldn't leave the area the whole time and that sucked. But I don't want to do that again. There's a bike assembly coming up at Wright Honda. It's their toy drive. That is December 11th. And I say bike assembly because they want to donate a bunch of bikes. So you can bring toys. You can bring bikes that need to be assembled, or you can bring pre-assembled bikes. I bought 11 bikes. They gave me 13. Our name was on 11. No one's name was on 12 and 13, so I did not take them back. Somebody pulled the order on accident. Someone's going to have to figure that shit out. Someone's getting free bikes. We're also going to do a Mount Lemon AZ Trek Arizona Adventure Group cruise with one auto. We did this last year. So it was a cruise and it was like a two-way thing. And this we're going to attach a charity this year, but you can go off-roading or overlanding, that's what they call it, or you can take the road course. And so what happens, there's two groups that are going and you all meet, kind of race, but not really, but you meet for a cause and it's just a lot of fun. A lot of, gets a lot of people involved. Last year I went with my Infinity and I... Did not get stuck, but I thought I was going to get stuck. And uh, there was probably 30 people in our group, and I was right smack dab in the middle. Needless to say, I held up at least half the cars, and they were all giving it to me on the radio. And I deserved it. It's like, I get it. This car is not made for that. The Infiniti FX is not made for that. It's basically a car. I mean, it's on 50 series tires, for crying out loud. You need to have, like, these giant, like you guys know, Right. So, yeah, that didn't work out. Rest in peace to uh, Claire Lorraine D'Amelio. Jane D'Amelio's mother passed. Thought I'd give her that shout-out. Without Jane in my life, this podcast would not be sponsored by Right Honda and Right Toyota. So, you know, she lived a long life. She was loved. I didn't personally know her. But, I mean, losing anyone close to you is always hard to deal with. So, rest in peace, um, Claire. And so with that being said, I want to thank Right Hunt and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona, foilonline.com, sell shop, wireless services, and Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals. Patreon business supporter, Cooley Automotive out of Wind Garden, Florida, Power Construction out of California, Michigan. 
Big House Small Home Design, Ashburn, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan. If you're in a position to help them, speaking of Michigan, by the way, they just beat the doors off of Ohio State for the second year in a row. The game was actually closer, but Ohio State un, like really had two brain farts at the end of the game, and they just well, seventy like an eighty-five yard touchdown run, and then a seventy-yard touchdown run, like back to back. But take away those fourteen points, Michigan still wins, but it's not the blowout that it looks like. So go blue. Join the Patreon for as little as three dollars a month. You get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Without my Patreons, without my sponsors, upgrades like this, like this camera, this Sigma lens that I paid too much money for, would not be possible. Like you don't, you guys don't pay for it all, but you make it easier for me to buy it because it kind of helps. Still trying to get the video out of the CRV. Did not get to it, and that's the problem. I need to outsource that kind of stuff. I just, I just don't. Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, jfinning, J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G. I can't grow without telling the world how good the show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.